Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. All right, welcome everybody. 119, Galen Trombley Show. Um, if anybody listened to 118, I apologize. I, lo- I listened to the beginning. I have, a, I have a new headset. I guess it's not really the mic, and I think I'm doing it again. I'm talking kind of loud. It's because it doesn't come through the mic as loud as you're going to hear it. So I kept turning mine up, thinking that and I was hitting the wrong button. So I was actually projecting my voice louder when all I wanted to do was increase my um, headphone loudness. So um, I think this is going to be better. I'm going to keep kind of playing around with this until... I'm just watching the airwaves. So hopefully this is good for you guys. Again, I apologize. At the start of Sue's, I think I tailored it about midway down. I toned it down a bit. So episode 119, podcast two and a half with us, I'll call it, because um, last time you showed up, we sat down to do a podcast and never actually hit record and just talked for probably two hours. So yep. uh, Heath Andre, back in town. Yes, sir. Um, do you know what's been? I was calculating today. You did one of the first podcasts in this studio back in June of 2019. So it's been almost a year and a half, almost wow. two years, almost two years. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about how one, how fast time goes. Cause I think of like, Oh, like he was just on it like a couple months ago and it wasn't, it's was a couple of years ago. So, um, so he, since we last spoke, tell us where you were in June of 2019 to where you are now in March of 2020. Yeah. So June, 2019, um, I was still employed, uh, at Taylor rental locally here in Plattsburgh. Um, I was working there part-time. I was running my garbage business and a little side hustle called chalked barbell at the time. Since then that's been passed on to one of my good friends, Colby Kaiser. Um, I have since then left the Taylor rental that happened in April of 2020 and went full-time into the Lake Champlain Sanitation main gig, which is residential trash removal and junk removal and some dumpster rentals. I've also got married since the last time we talked. I have moved into the house that I was buying. I think we bought the house the same month that we did the podcast. I'm trying to remember, but yeah, so a lot lot of big things have happened. Got a new dog, um, Onyx. He's a little cutie and, uh, and yeah, a lot of stuff's gone on GT. So uh, excited for this one. What, what? When did you go full time to um, the garbage? Uh, that was April of 2020. So last year. So it'll be, it'll it's be still a been year. less than a year. It's been less than one year. Yep. So we, we've we've talked fairly regularly over, throughout the year on the past year. Like, did, would you have predicted where you are now? And when I say predicted, like my thing is, I have a lot of visions of what I want to accomplish. A lot of things happen to me quicker than what I anticipate. Cause I kind of, I set plans. I, I find very achievable, realistic plans. Like if I think it's going to take five years, I'll say five years. I'm not going to say two and a half, three years. And sometimes it does happen in three years, but it's not, um, I don't, I, I give myself the, the opportunity to like slowly build there, slow build. Where are you now versus where you expected to be? Um, I would say I'm a, I'm a little ahead of where I expected to be. Um, that definitely doesn't come lightly. There was, you know, it's an everyday grind to get 
anywhere in business, especially when you start it from zero. Um, I will say that I had a goal in mind of the amount of customers I wanted to have by the end of 2020. Uh, I did surpass that goal um, by about 15%. So I was happy with that. Uh, but yeah, um, I'll say, you know, financially and customer base wise, I'm happy where I'm at for now. It did come probably, I would say about a year faster if, if we want to put a time frame on it than what I actually had in my mind. And I think that just came from pushing a little harder every day and talking to, to you and the boys more. <laughs> um, now when you, when did you open the gar- like Lake Champlain sanitation? Yep. So it, uh, actually it was March of 2018. So this will be three years since it's been open. And since it started as DBA, changed it to an LLC, not knowing anything about anything. Now it's a corporation. So I've operated it for three years, but I've had three, I guess you'd say different business structures. Since, sure. So that's been fun to learn. So, um, yeah, and that's all like a lot of that stuff is, I'm not very well versed in that stuff either. It's kind of like. That's more the legal, like accounting kind of stuff. The but boring stuff. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like the <laughs> very important, but not the kind of stuff that you would necessarily. Sorry. What, do you know what that smoke is right there? Oh, uh, that's been coming almost majority of the day, but it's, is it's, that GP? Is it? Pacific? It, it could be. It, I'm sure. that, yeah. It might be right. It's just, it's, it's been very visible. All it's, day heavy. it's probably because of, uh, we got a nice day today and it, and, and that smoke note is warming up tomorrow. So it wants to get out. Maybe that is. We it got fi- we got like fifty degrees coming tomorrow. Finally, I know, I know. How's that fit in with the uh, snowmobiling? Well, the like, wife, it, like the, give me. The, I've the, never <laughs> snowmobiled in my life. Okay, so what is? Nor do I really care to. So don't like. Okay, you don't have to like drag me out. Like it's fine. I trust you that you guys enjoy doing it. But like, what's what's the what's the joy of snowmobiling? Because I think for snowmobiling, it's like boating season. You got to really love it because you only get a couple good months. You do. And, and actually, I would even argue that you get more boating days than you do snowmobile days. 100% get more boating days, yes. Uh, the nice thing about sleds, my wife and I, um, her parents snowmobiled forever. My parents snowmobiled forever. So we kind of both grew up in it. Um, it's scenic. Uh, it's adrenalizing, I guess, if that's a word, if you want it to be. Uh, you can ride them pretty fast or pretty slow. Um, you're out in the wilderness. Uh, it's free out there. A lot of clean air. There's some nice bars up in like the mountain uh, view area. My wife and I, before it closed down, we'll go to Canada. So we'd almost use it as like a getaway for three or four days and uh, just check out. And the machines are fun. You know, we, we pretty much have new machines every couple of years. So we're keeping up with the technology, which is fun. And um, all, all the big brands in that you know, like a golfer wants the new set of golf clubs. We like the new, I know you like golf. I'm going to get into that, but, uh, we, you know, you want the new sled and, uh, it, it's kind of just, it's just a hobby to, to have fun, go fast and then sometimes go slow and just check out the wilderness. So, um, what kind of, it sound like I know what I'm talking about. It's like, what kind of rig you ride? Like, oh. what, what kind of sled, <laughs> like it's Polaris, Articat? Uh, I've had Articats. Um, Yamaha, for, uh, we actually, fun fact, we did sell both sleds and trailer. Um, I'm going down the Dave Ramsey rabbit hole with my life. I was going to ask you that. Do you still have them for one? Yeah. So, so they are gone now and, uh, we paid off, um, the, all the personal debt we have, but anyway, that is something else. But, uh, Articat for the last six years before that, it was all Ski-Doo. My dad grew up on Ski-Doo. My wife's family grew up on Articat and Articat, uh, runs in the blood of my better half. So I kind of just went over to those. (laughs) 
Save the argument. <laughs> yeah. Is it now? Is it like? Um, it's mostly preference, right? Mm, yeah. I, it's kind of like I, you buy a truck. Yes. Yeah. The new ones are all really, really good. Um, certain years, certain models in older days, like Articat had a had a model that was a lot faster than a Skidoo at the time. It was called an F7. Um, Skidoo now has some newer suspension. Polaris is coming out with different engines and better suspension. So they all kind of play their games, but it really is a preference thing. All the new ones are really good. Probably how you ride them too. Yeah, there's a lot of different models, you know, long tracks and short tracks. If you're going to go off trail like I like to do, you want to have a longer skid. And if you're going to stay on the trail like my wife does, she has a shorter skid. Um, just for deep snow, you want longer track, more Almost like a snowshoe, more rubber. Yeah, it's going to keep you up and it's going to float through and grab. Um, yeah, because I used to have friends that snowmobiled all the time. Like, I said, and, and uh, you probably know some of the guys are from like Chazy area, and like they, yep. they, uh, I remember they used to go to school. They would like ride them to school. They have all the gear and like throw all the gear like in one of the classrooms or whatever. And then, you know, pack up and go skiing after, but or snowmobiling after. But the, uh, what's the season like? Cause I'm assuming you're just like weekend kind of guy or can you get out during the week? You can definitely get out during the week locally. Um, the season in Canada, I believe opens mid December, um, and goes through until I want to say middle of March. So you could have the better part of three and a half, four months. Um, this year, the snowmobilers around here were blessed pretty good with a lot of snow. Um, I know the local guys like where my wife and I live in a lot of areas in this, in this, uh, County, you can drive out of your house and pretty much hit a sled trail within a mile or two, um, of most areas. Now that's normally not like that. So locally you might get from like January to end of February. And then if you go up to Mountain View, which is like 40 minutes from here, you'd get a longer. So that's why we kind of got out of them as well. We can't go to Canada. That was a big thing. We'd do it two times a year. So we'd spend, you know, between six and eight days, which doesn't sound like a lot of days, but pure riding, we'd go put most of our miles on in Canada and we can't do that this year. So, that so was- what's a normal, like if you go for a riding day, we 200 miles? Or? Um, yep. So locally, 200 miles in a day is a lot around here. But up uh-huh. in Canada, we've done 200 in a day. Uh, around here is maybe 100 is a good day, 120. So you just go out. I mean, do you have like a, when I say guide, like if you go out to uh, Canada, they have just trails. So you could go down the same trail for like 50 miles. Yeah. So they have, you know, their signs are, are in French, but they're very well marked. You know, they give you directional arrows. And then if you, you know, they give you a map when you get there and um, they have the restaurants on them. And basically you're going from like bar to bar, restaurant to restaurant, resort to resort, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And um, in Canada, the reason you can put more miles on is you can ride faster, safer, and they're a lot smoother there they're like highways they're like as wide as an actual road we're around here they're more like a one one lane of the road gotcha so so it's probably and probably a little more packed snow up there too very yeah hard packed if we have a foot and a half here where we would go they'd have five feet and that's just on top of so you're riding like you know like in skiing if you kind of have like that base layer yes. it adds a little bit better skiing versus like this you know very little amount of snow yeah there's a thing it's almost just like what they have on a ski mountain it's a groomer Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they drag, it's called a drag and they drag, uh, it's like weighted. Um, and then the, the, the machine's got cleats to like kind of chew the snow up and then the drag will pull and make, and make it like a ski mountain. It'll make kinda it like smooth. The corduroy? Yeah. Well, no, like it'll actually ridges? make it smooth. It, okay. It'll make it ridges. And then that, that drag thing will like make it like glass. Oh, so it's almost like a Zamboni kind of like, like the, a Zamboni it slides yeah. the, the carpet or whatever across the ice when the conditions are right for it. Yes. Um, yeah, I just, I mean that because I look at people that like boat. Like we've boat. Like my parents have always had a boat, but I wouldn't call myself a boater. Like mm-hmm. we, you know, we'll go out and ride and stuff. But it's such a short season 
That's so like this the uh, so like again you I know you're kind of a, a budget kind of guy like in a good way meaning you you know you're you're smart with your money so like getting rid of that makes sense to you guys or do you think that like losing the ability to go out next year is going to be something you're going to miss? Well, the way we, the way that we looked at it is um, in the short term by you know selling those items, paying off a vehicle, and any we didn't have very much personal debt, but anything we had taking all the money I'm going to make this summer extra from my business and then reinvest it into something like a, a piece of real estate is kind of the trajectory I'm on right now. Um, I'm, I'm 26 by the time I'm 30, I'd like to be a little more set up in life if you will. And, and we can always get back into it and, and, you know, upgrading the sleds every year is obviously very expensive, uh, whether they're paid off or not, the depreciation on something like that is, is heavy. Um, so not to say we won't get into it next year with maybe a few, few years old sleds. Mm -hmm. Maybe if they're five, six years old, you can pick them up for 50% of what a new one costs. So, you know, we're not completely out of it, but for the time being, new sleds are not something we're looking at unless we have a major financial upshift or something. So, so what was your golf thing? Are you in the golf now? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm into it. I've done it once. My uh, grandfather was a professional golfer uh, for a short time back in the day on the senior PGA tour. And my brother likes it. My brother actually just got a golf simulator for his house. So really, I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be practicing on that. We'll leave it alone before we get the whole North country. Yeah, there. yeah. No. So he got that. And, uh, um, I don't think he's got it set up yet, but yeah, so I'm going to be, uh, practicing with him and, uh, uh, hitting the local courses is something to do my whole life. Uh, my wife can attest to this. Everything I've done is involves speed and racing and, and danger. And I'm trying, I'm trying to be a little safer and I got a lot of adrenaline. I was up at the Malone golf course last year. Our whole family was up there. My brother-in-law, um, is a pro up there and, uh, everyone was, uh, playing golf and it was actually pretty fun. So I'm going to try it out some more. I was going to say, Dustin could probably show you how to, that's it. Yeah. I mean, he, like, I mean, you oh, take yeah. lessons from him or he can at least kind of point you in the right direction. Yeah. He was, he was our, uh, club pro when I was growing up. Like I played at North country. So that was like, yeah, you know, I've just known him since I was a little kid, but, um, yeah, golf's, I got more into golf last year than I've gotten into golf in over 10 years. And I used to play a ton of golf and just with like family work, kids, you know, your interests, I had a lot of interest in golf, but it fell out just because I didn't have a lot of time. And then as you get older, I started getting you know, like Jared, Ryan Lee, like all these guys that I play a ton of golf with during the year. And then you start getting some guys who are like, yeah, let's go every Wednesday morning. I'm like, sure. And then someone's like, you know, let's try to go just like walk a quick nine on like a Thursday. I'm like, perfect. And then you might play a scramble or like get out early on Sunday. So I was playing probably like two to three days a week over the summer, once like July through September. So it was like three months just jam packed with a lot of golf. And it's so much fun. That's cool. That's cool. But it's the simulator will help you. Um, I would pick. Is your brother? Your brother is new to golf, or has he been playing? He's been playing a couple of years. The big golf is tough. Like I know it just sounds dumb, but like think about all the sports, athletic endeavors that you could pick up. Like take baseball. Like baseball with someone throwing a ball at you. I still think it's an, a more success rate of hitting a ball thrown at you than off a golf club because mm -hmm. you got to think. For the most part, you just have to put it, you have to hit it hard in between like this, you know, kind of obviously the first baseline and the, or the right field line and the left field line. Like if you hit it hard somewhere in that vicinity, you're probably going to have a decent success rate. Or golf, it's like, well, you got to hit it like, you know, from a distance, 
even if the fairway is 30 yards wide, that's not a lot when you drive it back to the, to the actual tee box. hundred percent. I learned that quick. Yeah. And it's like, well, <laughs> my get my guess based off of like your body structure and probably the way you probably swing as a new person that you, my guess is your miss is a slice. Um, no, not bad actually. No. I, so you don't hit the ball right. No, no, I actually was impressed with, I mean, it was beginner's luck for sure. Cause like, my little brother would have one, you know, one hole where he's right on. And then the next he's over in the woods and he's been, I mean, my, my brother's pretty athletic as well. And, uh, and he's more, he actually was for a while living right next door to harmony. So he'd play like every night and, uh, after work and whatever. And, uh, I'm like, well, why are you so good on that hole? And this one, you're not, cause it was my first time, you know? So I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like played basketball, played football, whatever. So I'm like, the more you do it, you should become a lot better. Right. And, and like some of these perfect and, and some are way off. And, uh, and I learned real fast that, uh, it doesn't, I don't think it matters until you're at a pro level. Like it, 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 it's always changing and every course is different and every hole is different and the wind is different. And there's so many variables that go into every time you hit that ball that I, yeah. I can't even tell you if I was doing good or not, because it was my first time. So I have nothing to base it off of. So you've only, you've only played once one time in my life. Um, yeah, so the good thing about golf, you can play your whole life. The other good thing about golf, if you find guys that are fun to play with, because there's different. When I played as, as a kid, I like to have fun and play, but I seemed like I was always playing with, for the most part, with guys that played a lot of golf, uh, which is natural. So, like when you play a lot of golf with guys, they, it's a little more serious than if you go out with buddies and play like in a scramble. Now I've gotten to the point where I like to go out and play with friends, but. If we miss hit a shot, nobody cares. We laugh at each other if you hit a bad shot. And I used to hate scrambles. And the the purpose of the scramble was you never play good golf in a scramble because you're doing stuff you would norm, you ordinarily wouldn't do. You're a little more um, – your course management is greater when you're by yourself because, like, the room for error is greater. So you're like, okay, I'm going to be a little more safe. I'm going to go this way. And, like, you don't care. Scrambles, you're just dead aim at the hole or swinging out of your shoes because why not? So the idea last year, we played a ton of scrambles. They were all like every weekend or every week, basically because of COVID, they all got pushed to again, that three month window. And every single scramble I played last year was just with a group of people that were fun and we had a blast. So you just like, you, you know, you crush the juice bombs, you have some cigars, you just, we play the music, we play radio, um, like, um, you have a Bluetooth speaker on the entire time and we make fun of each other the entire time. And it's fun. And like, if you hit a good shot, yeah, you want to like birdie a hole, but if you you're gonna probably shoot somewhere between a couple under and like seven or eight under, if you have a decent crew, you're gonna lose because there's always a group, some group that shoots like fifteen under, and you're just there to have fun. So I think you would benefit from the scramble this year. So if you, me and Jared typically play in a few each year. So maybe if you if you want to play, we'll let us know. We'll get in one. That'd be cool. Cause it's fun. It's like you don't the best scrambles. You'll learn this if you get into scrambles. Is a Friday at noon. Give me a tee off on Friday at noon. It's the greatest. Or like 10 a.m. Yep. Because you just have you just day drink all Friday. That's why I keep my Fridays open unless I'm doing roll offs. <laughs> so how, how's the how's the roll off? Because we've talked about this. Like, what's the difference from a roll off from the residential standpoint, and then a roll off just I mean a roll off versus residential trash? Yeah, sure. So um, residential trash, you know, normal garbage cart, 96 gallon cart with the wheels on it. You put it out by the curb on your pickup day, and I come by and pick it up. And then a roll-off dumpster is more for like a uh, home remodeling project, a small roof, uh, garbage clean out if you're, you know, you're, you're purging the garage or the basement, um, anything like that. And the roll-off is a 
big steel container that gets placed in your yard or in your driveway and you fill it up or I drop it off, you fill it up and then I come pick it up and bring it to the dump for you. And there's a limit on how high you can put this trash in the roll off. Uh, yeah. Cause I, I think I maximized that one day not yeah, knowing, yeah. um, <laughs> which was not a good thing. Cause I was purging the back garage and I think I ended up, I was probably close to three feet above probably the top. And I just figured just jump, just dump everything in. I thought you had like a tarp that went over. I, I was, I, I, there is a tarp, but it's my own fault for not having the right decals that say like, do not go over the side. I, I got some goals for this year to try to professionalize a little bit of stuff, maybe a little more. Cause I've, I've rolled up and had like newspapers and books st- sitting two feet out. And I mean, you go down the road, that stuff's blowing everywhere. So I got to like stop and like stuff it down on my feet. Yeah. Not fun. I, I tried <laughs> to jam stuff down, but I was to the point that day I had stuff. I don't even think I had really much on the outside because the outside stuff had frozen to the ground. It was mm-hmm. bad planning my part, but I'm like, I had so much stuff in the inside and I think I'm a lot like you. If I have a, like if I want to get something done and my mindset on it, I'm like, I don't care what it takes, what it costs. It's getting done today. Yeah. I'm not going to do half of it. I'm not going to load half. And all of a sudden you're like, well, I can come pick up the other half next week. I'm like, well, no, no, no. Like I was going to leave tomorrow, get this and this and get this laid down tomorrow. Cause I was doing the gym. So I was like, I want to get my mats. I want to clean it all out. And we were going to paint first. So I wanted like, no, no, we're starting the painting tomorrow. So I got to have this whole thing cleaned out. So we can start like, so I already had like this t- timeline in my head that I wanted to keep. There was nobody else was keeping that timeline, but myself. Yep. And of course I'm like, I'm just jamming every single thing in that thing. And I got it in there, but it was uh yeah, the detriment of you may have, luckily you're not far. I'm not far from the dump, I guess. Yeah. 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 We were good. It was safe. We were all good. It's like throwing <laughs> stuff down, packs and packs snow on top. But yeah. Um, so the, the roll off business is, is that something that you, you obviously favor? Probably a little more like bang um, for your buck or less time consuming? Yeah, a little bit. Honestly, um, the way I have it set up now, both businesses are pretty, um, how can you say, uh, profitable on a time standpoint. So the, the nice thing about the roll-offs though is I'm not physically working as hard. It's a much bigger barrier of entry. There's a lot more that can go wrong. Dangerous-wise, you're dealing with heavier you know, items and stuff where a bag of garbage, it's going to be pretty hard for someone to get hurt with a bag of garbage. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like it. The other thing is my father is starting to work a little for me and he's retired from, um, his job. So in order for, to have help, definitely it's easier to put them in that truck and do the roll offs than as much physical labor as what's involved with the residential trash. How many days a week do you do residential pickup? Uh, right now, four days. I do it Monday, Monday through Thursday. Um, like I, I love it. My route's on a Monday, so it's great because Sunday I'm home, so I can like break down the boxes. It's just like you don't have to scramble and do it late at night. Yeah. Um. So in a normal day, what's like a normal day like Monday through Thursday? Like, what time do you get up? What time? Like, how many roughly? How many people do you hit? How many routes do you hit? Mm-hmm. Time you're done. Yep. Yep. So typically every weekday I'm up around like quarter after four in the morning. Um. Mondays I go to the gym because the route starts right after the gym starts over on Tom Miller road. Um, so go to the gym for about an hour, hour and 10, um, hit the shower there, do everything I got to do there, get ready, go to the gas station, fill up the truck, get the coffee. And I'm in the, I'm like in the route by about quarter after six, six 30 ish. This is the first stop work all day till about one. It only takes me from about 6.30 to 1, and I service 170 houses 
And that's on, consistent all four that's, days. That that no that so every day is different. So oh, that's, so that's Monday. That's okay. on Mondays. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is about a buck thirty each day. Monday is my heavy day, but it's very dense. It's all Morrisonville, Katyville, real real tight. Mm-hmm. And then the other days are, are a few less stops because I'm I'm hitting different areas. But uh, yeah, Tuesdays go to the gym in the afternoon, do the route in the morning because it starts Cumberland Head, and then. Uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays are kind of like Monday, you know, gym first. Then I, so, so when you go, so it's a lot of obviously depending on far you have to go, like start and stop and stuff like that. But you, um, for the most part, how many times do you have to hit the dump in like a normal day? Two. Oh, so that's not bad. It's normally two. Wow. I thought it was gonna be more than that. No. So out of, wow. So you can get, you can get what about 80 to 90 your homes for one dump run? Yeah, 70 to 80. Like what I'll do if I have like three or four houses, I actually had to do this in your neighborhood today, mm-hmm. is if I have three or four houses with like a few bags of garbage, I'll just keep them in the truck till the next day because it's like as much garbage as my wife and I do in a week. So it's kind of like, it's not a big oh, deal. Gotcha. Like like let's say I'm not going to go to the dump for three or four houses. Yeah. Um, Like I'm going to go first thing in the morning anyway. So I just add them to the next route. Now, if I had a full truck, I'm not going to go back to the yard with a full truck and it's stinking and being nasty and everything. Yeah. But so it's normally two times. Like if I had to dump three times today, I would cause there's so many, but typical day is like two. And then I, I'm assuming like your busiest days, like right after Christmas, you might have to, you might have to go three times, something like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean the cool thing was like my truck and my other truck, since I have a couple of trucks, my dad, like we were in the dump six times today because he went and dumped four roll offs. So it's kind of cool. Like, so technically I'm in the dump a lot, but it's not physically possible for me to be in there much more than two times a day with residential or four times a day with roll off. Cause that's just the way it goes. So when you go to the dump, do you, you, then you have, once you get to the dump, can you actually dump it or you have to physically grab and throw it all? I do dump it. So when we last talked, I think I was doing it with a dump trailer that was built up. I now have a dump truck. Okay. Um, so it's like a big built up, uh, box truck kind of with like a recycling part in the front and then the, and the garbage in the back. And, uh, I dumped that hit the recycling center. got to recycle everything by hand. And then I'm off to the net. Then I'm off to go fill it up again. And, and what's the, what's the dump usually drop like time-wise? Um, well right now they're, they're in a new, they're calling it a new cell. They're moving us over to that. Um, so we're dumping in a real tight area up on top. We, I dump up on like that mountain thing that you yeah. see, not in like the residential bins. I have to go drive up into the mud pit of a mountain they have there. Um, and it's typically if, uh, there's a big line, it could be 15 minutes or I'm sorry, if it's not a big line, it could be like 15 minutes from the time you enter till the time you're in the recycling thing. If there's a big line, you could be there 45 minutes. So, and then the actual process of dumping it all out, is it just quick now that you have the dump, the dump truck? Real quick, yeah. Pop the doors open. I got chains on the doors to hook them back. There's a button inside the truck. Hit the button and it dumps. So probably two minutes tops. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe two minutes to dump it. Um, and then that's twice a day. So so really you could be spending somewhere between an hour to two hours or an hour and a half maybe just sitting at the dump. Yeah, uh, Depending uh, on an time. Hour, an hour is probably the longest I've sat there. Yeah. Total? Total. Okay. Yeah. It's not too bad then. It's not terrible. I mean, if it's a really bad snowstorm, I guess it could be worse if they can't see up there and it's mm-hmm. dangerous, which, you know, that might happen once a year. So up there, all I remember, I went up there once, is there is 10,000 seagulls. Mm-hmm. Is it still the same? Yeah. Just see- A lot of seagulls. There's just seagulls. There's a dude up there with like a like a 
basically a dump truck or not dump truck bulldozer just mm-hmm. like pushing stuff pushing it over and is it the same guy every day uh no there's actually well today i think there's only one guy because the other guys were off or whatever but typically they have three heavy pieces of heavy equipment moving at all times tractor trailers dumping right next to you now really? which is different than it used to be so you could be sandwiched in between two tractor trailers with a dozer behind you so for a little little truck little operation it can get a little hairy <laughs> it, yeah it, it's uh it's crazy man now, like you go up there's like a different world like it, it just seems like i don't know it's, it, it's always like the driving to my house if you come off like banker road and like you look up it almost looks like a little mountain it almost looks like a snow-capped mountain all mm-hmm. year long but it's just garbage all piled up picture like driving through the lake placid notch but it being a dirt road and three times four times steeper oh yeah on the side. <laughs> yeah oh yeah you're just you're climbing man and it, it's uh yeah, it's, it's not that. I mean, the smell's not. I mean, it's bad, but you get used to it. It's not terrible. It's not yeah. the worst thing I've ever smelled. It's it's really not. I mean, they do a good job. I think they mix a ton of sand into it, and they have some like engineers there that like burn the gases off at night. And so when you talk about the, the cell, is like the big mountain of stuff. They have one that just like they redid. It kind of goes down. It looks like a mm-hmm. kind of dumped down. It keeps building up. Yeah. So well, I mean, I don't want to speak out of turn, but to my in, to my knowledge, a cell is like a hole. Yes. Basically. Yeah. And it's a big crater. It's basically a crater that's lined with like environmental protection lining. Mm -hmm. So the gases and and whatever doesn't seep through. That's about all I know about it. And all I know is when they tell me to dump there, that's where I go. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how much more room they have there. They must have more land. They might probably have more cells that they're capable of doing, but it's, it's a pretty, like the, the crater itself is. I mean, I would say it would take up most of this down here. Yes, it it's would. pretty massive. Like, I don't know if is it as wide as a football field. I want to say the the total dumpable acreage is something like twenty five or thirty acres. Oh, it's definitely bigger because so I big. remember seeing it from the top of this one. This was a couple of years back. Like the top of the heap that they have now, I believe, or maybe it was two ago. I don't know mm-hmm. how fast they they load up, but they were just getting it prepped. So there's nothing that had been dumped there. I can this remember three years ago dumping making the mountain that i drive up now okay so like the, i can remember when that was in the ground and now it's like hundreds so of what you're up. probably talking about was probably the one they were putting together when i went to the one prior to that mm-hmm. and now they're probably into the third one or whatever probably. number this is in the, the line um yeah i don't know it's just it, it's pretty cool like the guard the idea of do you know how recycling works like just the actual process a little bit um i mean i know that we don't have the ability to zero sort as like a company like Acela would. They Mm kind of like own a facility that can do that. I basically rely on them to recycle what I put in there by hand. So I don't really know. I've never seen how they do it. I know they pack it. They like cube it and then they ship it off somewhere. And like garbage. I always wonder because I put I'm 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 pretty good about separating like disposable stuff from like non-disposable Every once in a while, I get a little lazy and just throw like the bag in the recyclable because it's plastic. It's probably probably wrong, but you know when you're like pulling out all the packaging and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the most of the like, I just look at like garbage. Like when you break down the garbage, there's stuff I don't put like in recyclables. Whether it's like uh, not bottles, but like kids would use like those little like applesauce packets and you just yeah. toss those. Like, how does that all like? I, I gotta ask. Like, I don't know if somebody that does this kind of work, but like breaks that down where it like decomposes and mm-hmm. some stuff doesn't decompose. So the stuff that doesn't, where does it go? Yeah. Is it just, does it just go get burned and then you have ashes? Like, but then it's like, 
Cause, cause technically burning changes the chemical compound of it. Mm-hmm. Does that, how you like, I, I'm always fascinated by the idea of just getting rid of trash. Yep. Cause there's so much trash. Mm-hmm. And then the recyclable aspect of like throwing that bottle out or throwing cardboard or plastic and you kind of like, or cans, you start like the process of what they do. It's just amazing. Yeah. It's a whole it science. I mean, I mean, I, I basically am a trucking company period. Like, I don't so, know how the garbage works. I just get rid of it. Like, it's it's funny when you break it down like that, though. Because, like, Casella Organics and Casella Construction, they, they are, like, have engineers and, like, hats off to them. Huge mm-hmm. company. Not what I'm trying but to go But they go above for. and beyond what you, yeah. Yeah, not what I'm trying to go for. Yeah. I'm, like, a trucking company that offers a service to your house. Like, real simple. Hopefully, the pricing is good for you and the customer service is amazing for you. And I make your stuff go away. That's... That's where it stops for me. <laughs> have, have you ever watched? Because um, I had a lot of time a couple of weeks ago to do this. Yes. But the, the uh, um, have you ever seen the founder, the McDonald's guy? Yeah, yeah. Did you watch that movie? I, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, so it was I don't like four years ago, three years ago. I yeah, so I don't watch a lot of movies, and it kept coming up because obviously, like, I naturally gravitate. I don't watch a ton of movies, but I like I like documentaries, and usually if it's a sports documentary or typically the movies I watch are themed either around like like a thriller heist kind of movie like like I love The Departed. Take like a movie like The Departed mm-hmm. or take a movie like Wolf of Wall Street or take a movie like I'm like I watched like the um Michael Fassbender uh, the, uh, the Steve Jobs movie. Yes, I like that. That's a great one too. Yeah. And so like I I like like business, I like like, you know, companies, and I like that kind of stuff. So they ended up the founder I'm like I don't I don't know about McDonald's. I'm like it just kept coming up. So I finally like, screw it. I'm just going to watch it. Pretty good movie. Very good. But the one thing I, the two things I liked about that movie, because I always try to find, like you watch the movie for entertainment purposes, but I actually, the most interesting part to me was when they were going through the shop and they were trying to figure out the efficiency mm-hmm. of like the motion of how to make a burger because mm-hmm. it was an assembly line, but they're trying to like figure out the most efficient point, that part, and then also the part where it dove into like, oh, we don't, we thought about it and 80% of our products were fries, milkshakes, and, and burgers. So all we make is fries, milkshake, and burgers. We got rid of all the other junk. Yes. And I started looking at that. I'm like, what a brilliant... And obviously, they've grown since. But the idea of finding the efficient model and then turning around and fo- focusing on the, the... Again, I've been fascinated lately with the 80-20 principle. Like, you know, tw- uh, was it 20% of your tasks make up 80% of your work? So mm-hmm. focus on the 20% of the tasks. That like that's what they focused on. Like here's twenty percent of the things we do, but it sells eighty plus percent. So let's just double down, spend the rest of the time that we were, were doing the other junk to like double down on that or the marketing or whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I keep trying in my business. Two years ago, uh, two thousand nineteen, I was I was just had a conversation. We were talking with the girls this morning in our office meeting, like. All the stuff I was doing two years ago was just all over the place. I was in it. Like I got, I was really good at a lot of like a lot of things. So like every day I was in homes. Every day I was, and I'm still good at that. But it's like anything else. Like I was really, really good at it back then because I was just in it every single day. Like I lived and breathed appointments. I like I was doing podcasts, I was doing stuff, but I was just out every day long, all day long. So now I'm, I'm trying to still doing obviously real estate, but I'm starting to leverage myself a little bit with some help with some staff because now I want to focus on that 80, 20 principle where is that really the best use of my time? Now, how do I double up on these tasks, which may not show personally for me from like a sales perspective this year, but I was telling you, if I can take a step back 
and that allows the company to take two steps forward, I'm willing to make that trade off. Yep. So it's like, it's a couple days. And we were talking about the other day with the guys, like if I take, you know, we, we Adam, I think said it, when you take that like little dip, you know, mm-hmm. what you're talking about you said you have the, to always like the valley. Go, you got to go into the valley to go to the next mountain. Yeah, and I find like right now I'm on that like plateau, can see the next peak, and now I'm willing to just kind of go down that little goalie to go back up the mountain. So I think t- 2021 for me is like that little that little go- goalie moment. But mm-hmm. um, I like how how have you focused? Because I know that you've thought about this, you've mentioned it, but how do you have you focused on this in your business? Like the like the founder principle of like the efficiency and the and the doubling down the eighty twenty the yep you know the valley potentially for the the upswing sure so a couple of years ago well right around the time we did this first podcast was about a month after I had uh, let me just make sure I get my facts straight here yeah it was when I had to pretty much cut my business in half because the driver I had working for me was going into a different career he was I, I offered him a job he was going into a career totally understandable. Um, I had a decision to make. It was either quit the day job or, or basically get rid of half of my routes and keep the day job, do it as a side hustle. Still, uh, that's what I chose to do back then. You know, thing was oh, the side hustle. Well, it, the side hustle was the garbage because my, the job I was working, I, see, I was working the job and I was paying basically somebody to do the routes for me, mm-hmm. basically breaking even, but building the company. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Okay, I, I don't think I'm comfortable living off of where I've built it to. It was either like, it was literally like this happened and it was like two weeks. I either had to quit my job completely and just go into my business or just nurture my business and make it more efficient and then grow it. So anyways, get rid of half of it was down to whatever, um, low hundreds, you know, hundred and something houses. And, uh, that was my whole week. I had to do it in a day and a half, two days and, and didn't know how I was going to do it and all this. Well, long story short, if I wouldn't have done that, I do almost two times the amount of customers now that I had then. And I do it in 10 hours less a week than what I was paying that guy to do. So if you do the math on that, I don't even know what the percentage is, Mm -hmm. but it's super efficient compared to what it was a couple years ago. And I specifically say no to a lot of potential customers that are outside of my route Mm -hmm. because, and I've talked to you and Adam about this, I have a a bigger vision for it. And like my goal is to have a certain amount of customers and I only do residential 25 hours a week. And that opens me up to 15 hours a week to do, um, roll offs when the season is and when that season is not and I work on my YouTube channel and in in season if I have 10 extra hours a week those 10 hours are going to go to YouTube and my consulting slash coaching side hustle that I'm starting Mm -hmm. and you know that's if we jumped back two years ago and let's say I did just put the axe to the day job then and stayed where it was I I would have been in a much worse position so it was almost like a chess game now I'm all about efficiency like I said I don't mind saying no if it means the next phone call is going to be a yes that I already drive by, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, from an efficiency standpoint, I still do pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. I've tried a couple employees. I'm, I'm right now I'm kind of comfortable alone. Um, if I got to hire because in an emergency, I will. But uh, that's basically in, in my dream world is 25 hours worth of residential at X amount of dollars revenue, um, which is going to take care of all my bills and all my investments, roll off money, 
play money, extra stuff. And then consulting and YouTube is just more for fun. Mm -hmm. And those are the three streams. Or reinvesting or whatever. Yeah, reinvesting, whatever. But as long as that residential stays where it is, if I can 25 hours a week cover everything that needs to be covered Mm -hmm. and the other two streams of income can be fun money slash reinvestment money, that's what what I want to try to get to by the end of 2021. Yeah, I think I think the uh, the one thing that I think you do very well is like you said, you limit the expenses. You, you're 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 good on the cash flow perspective. It's like yeah. I think that's something I struggle with a little bit. Where which knowing which is kind of weird because like knowing myself, I'm very I'm very I know a lot of what's going on in my business when it comes to like personal money stuff. I just know I'm good. Like I know it's just I don't, like just I don't want to make it sound bad, but like I just know I'm in like, a, like if you had to put it on like a, a color range or whatever, and I'm like in the green, like comfortable, like sure. you're not like getting too close to red, then I'm okay. And that's why I kind of look at it. I'm like I'm just I just know I'm in the range I need to be. Could I have fo- could I focus on it a little bit more and become more efficient and whatever I'm making now, you know, make myself fifteen percent more net because I eliminated some expenses or increased some revenue here and there. I'm sure I can. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always been something I've kind of stayed a little hands off on and not, and I probably, that's something that I should get a little more strict on. I've always like metricing, metricing things and doing, and I just think during the day, I, I would really have to put a focus on it to do it because my day is like some stuff I'm like all over the place. Cause I don't, I don't get to stay in the office all day long. Mm-hmm. So if I'm at the office all day long and I'm doing stuff and like, cause I have a sheet to kind of tally, but there's times that like the stuff I'm tallying on that sheet that like the one Adam gave me years ago, it's, it's tough. Cause if I'm in the car making calls, there's no way I'm coming back and putting this stuff on there. Cause I don't remember I did it. And like, I'm just like in the moment. So, yeah. um, I think a lot of my metrics is tough for me to do, to go back and think about mm-hmm. sales are easy because I mean, it happens. I put them like on the board right behind me, but it's like all the steps to lead to the sale yep. it, to me is more intuitive than it is systemize where I find that my guess is that you're like, you have your stuff laid out. Like, you know, numbers, you know, what conversion or, you know, yep. I mean, you, you pretty much could look at a master database and see exactly where the inefficiencies are. Yep. Yeah. I, my, I, I more obsessed more, more than just like making a bunch of bucks. I like time mm-hmm. now a lot more. Um, and I obsess over, uh, making everything efficient and that is goes to my personal life and and my professional uh life and um to me it's fun so i guess i'm a little weird in that aspect but i try to make it fun you know you can call it cheap you can call it whatever you want but <laughs> i i enjoy finding a problem that could be made or finding something that's inefficient and make it more efficient i enjoy finding those things on a daily or weekly or monthly basis however often i have to do it yeah like the time thing i think is is i've noticed that too as i've gotten older um especially now that i have kids like time to me is like such a valuable resource because one i either want to see the kids like my thing is i my life is pretty much kids and work so i try to go hard as i can at work and then i try to like spend as much time with the kids. So like weekends, I don't do anything on weekends. Like very rarely do I leave the house on weekends. To go, like a perfect weekend for me is I get home at, you know, Friday evening and I leave Monday morning and I just stay at home. Cause I just like, I just like being at home, making coffee, you know, hanging out with the kids, like doing some projects around the house. Um, but during the week, it's like you go, 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 go. So my thing, the last couple of years I've also had to change was 
I had no issue just working all day long because I like it. I love working. I could sit here and work all night, but mine is I, I'm very, I'm very aware, but I'm more of like, no, okay, I have to stop. I have to try to stop thinking, go home and spend time with the family. And I do. The hardest thing is shutting your mind off to go do it. I've tried to get better at it. I know I've lost business because of it. I know I've lost opportunity because of it. But again, when you have a, we have a family, you have to start playing with those trade-offs of like, yes, I could do this. Or I should do this or whatever. Or you know, maybe I got to let something go or say no to an opportunity that years ago, there's no way in heck I would say no to it. But it's always trying to find the efficiency under – because you always set new parameters. Like when you guys, you know, whatever it might be, even you just starting like the roll-off business. Like you had to set parameters on the residential or I know you're, you, you and, uh, Jess, like you like spending time together at a certain point and you're just like, no, that's my family time. So you set that parameter. Like nobody else does, but you and her or whatever, whoever it affects sets that. And then you play within those guidelines. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it is, it's chess. It's like, you're trying to figure out this lifelong, you know, venture of like money, relaxation, family, time. You're trying to pack it all in 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun journey though. I'll, I'll give it that. I mean, uh, I I've came to realize in the last year, well, it'll be a year next month or whatever since leaving my job is anyone who's super, super aggressive and just wants to go out and just scorch the earth and make a bunch of money. It's very possible for very many people that are entrepreneurial spirited, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I am starting to measure now what we just talked about as actual success. You have family time. The reason I'm trying to be so efficient on this route and on these roll-offs and on my YouTube online presence is Jess and I will have a kid in the coming couple of years. That is, I would rather try to, if I can make it good now, it'll be one less thing I have to worry about planning for when that happens. So that, that to me is more fun and success is maybe being able to go out to dinner once a week, not ha having the biggest business, I guess, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. You know, if my wife's happy, my dog jumps on me when I get home and when we have a kid, they smile and I can play with them. That to me is more su that success. Yeah. And I think you're, you're an old soul kind of thing. And the idea that you're, you're thinking down the line, not old soul, like, you know, let me curl up with a, a you know, a cup of coffee and a crossword, which I do like, but I will, I will. I did yeah. yesterday. Yeah. You got, you got moccasins. You're, you're <laughs> in it. I mean, it's uh, but I think if you, if you look at like, I had my first kid at the end of 2017, I remember like 15, I met my wife. We started dating basically like as it was like 2014 in the 15. And she's older than me. And we had talked about kids pretty early on. I always wanted kids. She wanted kids. But she was older at the time. So, like, you meaning we had to start having kids, you know, a little, probably a little quicker than I was ready to. But I remember sitting there thinking, like, okay, if we're going to have kids in two to three years from now, which we did, I got to really start busting my ass now because I want to be able to not have to work 60 hours a week just to support the family. It's like I got to have that leverage. I got to build it up so I can have – I can be able to hire people to help me out. I got to build up so I have, you know, relationships and clientele that want to use me without me f having to do a bunch of extra prospecting that takes up a lot of inefficient time. So I did all that. I grinded very, very hard for years, probably through 2019, which 2019 was the only year I could say I felt that my work-life balance was slightly out of whack more towards work than life. But the reason being is I knew I had to do that because if I didn't do it, my next three or four years was going to be 
I just never was going to get over that hump. So I'm like, I just need to grind for like 18 months here and I will get to the point I need to. And I luckily I kind of, I mean, it's still a grind, but I have in the point I ha- have been able to step away. I think right now is, like you said, if you plan on starting a family or whatever, if you plan, it doesn't even have to be kids. It could be something else that you're planning on doing. I think the next, like you said, two to three years, if you like just head down and just grind away, you build that leverage. And at that point, like that's when you have that life, work-life balance when it matters. Because right now, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys are, you know, you're late 20s, but you, you get your, you know, you spend time together, you're independent, you do your thing and you don't have to, you know, besides you just like checking in with each other, making sure you're fine. It's not like you have another person you're responsible for. Right. So it, there is a benefit right now to just like working hard and then reaping, like put, planting the seeds now for the harvest in a couple of years. And that's, yep. it's pretty cool. Um, so with that, the, the efficiency for you, the, we talked about like, so like, let's talk like YouTube and let's talk, you know, kind of building up secondary streams of income and building mm-hmm. up, like I'd say passive streams of income for yep. the most, I mean, it's work, but it's, there's passivity to it. Yep. So yep. where did that switch happen? So I, I honestly don't know why I started doing YouTube aside from the fact that a couple, there was like five or six guys out there doing it that I said, well, my equipment's kind of like theirs and pretty clean. And I think I can help some people out. And, uh, and, and realistically, that was like my giving back to not just the garbage industry. I wanted to give back to people that wanted to run their own business that worked a nine to five that didn't have rich beginnings or money, you know? Um, and I just happened to do what I've done with the vehicle that I have, which is the garbage business. So um, I bought a coaching call. I purchased it from a guy named uh, Brian out in Michigan, um, Brian's Lawn Maintenance, and a uh, really good dude now. We, we talk every week, and, uh, and you know, he's the one that told me and really flipped a switch where he was like, Heath, this YouTube thing, if you brand it properly, is just as good as real estate from a standpoint of passive income, be it the ad revenue. Um, I haven't even got into the Amazon affiliate links, but I have a couple companies that I'm looking into doing it with, uh, and the coaching and consulting and all that good stuff. Um which can be ran through your business already. And, and, and Brian's a guy who built his big business. You know, he's running a nice six figure one person business. He's got one part-time guy now and he and his wife discussed, okay, do we make it a seven figure, eight figure business with multiple employees, all the headache, all the stress. They're very simple. They're like you and I, you know, he's like, or do I keep it where it is? I'm profitable. I'm happy and grow my personal brand into another business that could eventually hit big numbers as well. So after having, that was literally like, he, he's a landscaper Mm -hmm. and his calls are normally about how to start a landscaping business. And all him and I did was talk straight business for the hour that we were on the call. And now, you know, it's free access because we get each other, Mm -hmm. but I paid for the access in the beginning. And he's like, you're the first person that's like, not asked me about starting a landscaping business, but but I, I, I watched him on YouTube and I'm like, I could be relatable like this to people. Mm-hmm. So I just started making videos and, and got my thousand subscribers and got monetized and hit my 5,000 subscribers. And then some companies started to pay attention. And now I'm closing in. I'm, I'm a few hundred away from 10,000 subscribers. And uh, now it's becoming semi-real because at 10,000, I can then link a, I can like build out a website to sell merchandise, which not like t-shirts, but it would be more like sell a course or sell a phone call. Or, and, and now I'm, 
my newest project is building my own Shopify site to link with YouTube so I can have virtual products that I can sell. And that's what I'm learning at night now. So, um, a lot of people laugh and, and see me driving around in the garbage truck, but that's just like, that's just like the bread and butter. I'm yeah. trying to get into other things. Um, Jess and I would love to be able to own one rental home, rental property this year. Uh, you know, that, that we can start that stream and, and uh, investing some with Jared now. And, and just, I'm basically trying to set us up. So by mid thirties, we're doing pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, not that we're doing bad now, but those things excite me more than just building the biggest building in the garbage business. I like doing it. I don't know if I want to bring a bunch of people into that because of how physical the labor is and how, mm, takes a lot of money to make any money in that business because mm-hmm. there's a lot of equipment costs. So I'm just reevaluating everything now. Yeah, I think I think the cuz I've looked at like the real estate and we've talked about doing it and I intend to do it. Same thing though, it's like I had to put it in the in the grand scheme of everything that I'm working on, you have to like triage and put what's more important and then my thing is a lot of the stuff that I'm working on implementing now is establishing like a very solid foundation more so than what we have. So then from there, it's kind of, a lot of that is set it and forget it. Once I have it, it's going to require very little maintenance or tweaking. And if it is, it's probably every couple years or here and there, once a year, twice a year, you look at it, but it's not going to be this thing where I got to do. YouTube is something you have to actively be doing. It's in your schedule. You have to do it. You have to plan it. You have to you know, prep it. Um, you have to do, you have to edit. You have to do all this stuff to put out a video. So I look at guys like Meet Kevin, Grant Stefan, like these guys that, have like uh what's his name they i think they both did it meet kevin is obviously like fascinates me how this how much money this guy makes he makes like seven or almost six to seven mil a year he's younger i think he's younger than me he's probably your age or between you and i he's he's like late 20s yep he's got a wife two kids and what was funny was they they both live in southern california their real estate sales last year, I think I outsold both of them. So to put it in person, now, now I mean, we're talking California real estate versus upstate New York real estate. Yeah, I outsold both of them money wise, not not. I mean, unit wise, blew them out of the water, but money wise, because they make so much more per house. Yeah, but they made six to seven mil. So when and I was not even close to six. Sorry, folks, <laughs> I was not close to six or seven mil. So when you take that in perspective, it's like the amount of money that they've made not even in real estate. They don't sell a lot of real estate anymore. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked if they had more than one or two appointments a week real estate wise. Yep. So I've watched like the meet Kevin guy like gets up and he says he works from like five to two and he's done by 2 PM and he puts out like four videos. Yep. And my thing is like, now they do a lot of fine. You, you've seen both these guys, right? Uh, yeah, I know both of them. Yeah. yeah. So they do a lot of finance videos. I'm yeah. not like, I don't know that space as much, nor do I really want to dive into that space, but it, the amount of research those guys do. High RPM and CPM. Well, that's, yeah. And you told me that. And it's like the money, I, and they're not dumb. They obviously know the algorithm. Yeah. And maybe I do. Maybe I'm like, screw it. I'm going to start talking about, you know, these stocks going, you know, really Buy a Tesla. market. No. Yeah, really good market. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Kevin just like, it's Mr. Tesla. Like I think, but I think there's uh, the benefit of, you see what they can do. And I don't, I don't think they do anything special besides they have good editing. They have good content. They produce a lot of content that people want to watch, which mm-hmm. is important. 
um, a lot of clickbaity stuff because a lot of their almost every title on their thing is clickbait, clickbait. Um, mm-hmm. which is kind of the one right. That's why I watched not many of them. Um, but it's just like the idea of trying to come up with plans. So like when you come up with a video, like what, what's your thought? What's your process of like how to make the content? Yep. So typically this time of year, it's tough because like I like to show real life stuff like outside working and with the snow and, and it's you know dangerous and everything. And uh, But what I would do in the beginning, which really kind of like built a trajectory up all fall and uh, summer last year was I'd think, okay, how who's going to watch this first of all? What are they going to want to see? If I title it, um, I don't know. I titled one video like, uh, I don't know. I spent like thirty five hundred bucks or like four grand on a dump trailer, and I said how to turn turn it into six figures of revenue, mm-hmm. and whatever. And uh, that's kind of clickbaity, but I talked exactly about how I did the, just that. And I just think, like, I was in sales for. So I talk to a lot of people. So like when I'm talking to the camera, I'm not very like nervous. I kind of like just give them exactly what they want to hear super cut and dry, but it's real nuggets. Mm -hmm. Like it's real information and links to my website, everything. They can like see everything I'm doing and be like, okay, this guy's either fake or not fake, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where, as I got the comments to come in on some of those videos that hit big, like once they started getting a lot of views, I was like, okay, so-and-so was like, well, could you do a video of like how you load the, the dumpster on a hill? And I'm like, Okay, that's a good idea because a lot of people in that space probably want to know how to do that. And like another person would say like, you know, what do you think of this truck or or financing a truck versus paying cash for a truck? And I'm like, so, okay, perfect. You know, trucks in the trucking business, a good title, whatever it is, what it is. Should you, should you finance? And then I would just like, I kind of let it build my ideas out because I was doing it religiously every week. And that's what got me a lot of clout in the beginning is like it, the algorithm like gave me the boost. Now I'm kind of all over the place in the winter right now. Um, I, I want to get back to it. Uh, and that's basically all I did. Uh, I would come up with a decent thumbnail. My editing was all done in iMovie. It was very basic. Every single video was shot. My, my iPhone is just a basic iPhone 11. And uh, yeah, I got a gimbal and, and held it away from my face a little bit and talked to it and then showed a little bit of real, real footage and that, that's it so far. I'd like to get better at editing, but that's all I've done so far. Yeah, I think I think you said just it, a lot of those videos, you're just solving a problem. That's it. And the one good thing that I've like, I've watched a few of your videos and like going down through most of your comments, which is different than like you said, I think because you are legitimate on there. Like it's like, hey, this is me. This is what I do. This is like, like you said, you can go search my websites or pages and look me up is that most of the comments are pretty positive and a lot of them are asking you direct questions. Mm-hmm. So I'm not finding you get someone that goes, oh, this guy's bullshit. Like you don't have any of those people that are just like these like... I know, do. They, do. Are there some? There's a few. Oh, okay. Because most of the ones I've saw, I would... Well, at least if there are, then there's a very small amount because most of them are pretty positive or it's guys that are asking you questions. I find yeah. there's a lot of questions. So it's kind of a resource for people. Well, I kind of learned like vi- mini virality is going to breed negativity regardless of how mm-hmm. honest you are. Like the the best videos got like a little over 300,000 views now and uh it's got like 7200 7300 likes but 100 and something dislikes. There's probably close to a thousand comments on that, mm-hmm. and I bet you eight of them are negative because I only really it sounds bad, but I pay attention to the negative ones because it it upsets me that I'm putting it all out there for free. This is the Gary V thing; he talks about it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me as much now, but like 
when someone straight up is like, this guy's BS, like he's fake. And I, that it does kind of hit home. But at the same time, I'm, I'm my, my skin is growing thicker because all those other people that say, hey man, you helped me out. I'm 24 years old. I make 30 grand a year and I'm going to go buy a, a truck instead of, uh, you know, go and get this other thing. And I want to buy a used trailer cash. And like, I've had a lot of those stories. I've talked to people from actually Saskatchewan last week was the furthest away I've done. And uh, one guy from Australia. And uh, it's just cool to talk to people like that, that are, super hungry, like, you know, you and I are Galen and, and focused on a niche that they want to hit. And the fact that they're looking to me for that advice and I can deliver them real advice is, is the major goal. And that's what I'd like to expand on. Yeah. I think, I think the, I think that's what you got to do is like you focus on, cause I, I get same thing. You get people that you put a podcast out now, now granted, I don't do a good job distributing the podcast. Like besides a couple posts, like it's not my, um, I haven't really put a lot of focus into like really growing this because I find most of it is locally mm-hmm. entailed. So unless you live locally, you're probably not listening much to this, but um, you still get people that would be like, Oh, your podcast is too long. Oh, like I've heard, I've heard a couple comments, not to my face or people that I know, but just like through the grapevine, I've heard like there's people that complain that this Galen Trombley show should be shorter. And I'm like, well, one, my favorite podcast in the world is a Joe Rogan podcast mm-hmm. experience whatever i enjoy long form content i'm not trying to copy joe i just like his format it fits in like i don't have to do a lot of prep work i don't like structure i don't really know what i'm going to ask you i have no clue what we're going to talk about in the rest of the podcast it's just whatever we like comes to mind sure i like that i don't want it to be 20 minutes because my goal is i i, I think i said this early on when i was doing the podcast it's like, it's the Albany drive rule. Like we all, everybody in the North country knows driving from somewhere in Clinton County to Albany is going to take you anywhere from two to two and a half hours. In that time, if you were driving down to Albany with one person in the car, whether it be your spouse, whether it be a friend, whether it be an associate, whatever, at a certain point you get, I would say you're probably at this point down in like the Willsboro, like, you know, going into like the E-Town exit, Lewis exit. Mm-hmm. You get down to that point and I'm talking from people from Plattsburgh that's when you kind of get into that like days like we're just driving and then you start to have conversations and the conversations typically build and build and build and go deeper and deeper and deeper your thoughts get more um it's like taking a shower and your thoughts get clearer i i personally i get one of those people who like if i like drink wine or like I, I love drinking wine and trying to think it could be beer too but like for some reason i just like drinking wine and you get like a kind of a wine buzz and i just find that like, like there's times if i really have to like deep think mm-hmm. kids will go to bed i'll pour a glass of wine and i'll drink wine until you get kind of a buzz and i just find that it focuses my mind better because it like yeah, when you I, get buzzed you kind of lose all the the fuzzy stuff and all the overthinking and mm-hmm. you just kind of i get super focused so it's like when you go to again when you go to albany about that two and a, that two to two and a half hour drive is enough time for you and whoever you're with to start having some meaningful conversation. A lot of, you can't, I've seen podcasts where people do it for like 20 minutes. Like 20 minute podcasts with like, it's like, hey, how you doing? Good day, bye. Like it's a very quick, you don't get, you don't go layers deep. You don't mm-hmm. get to hear a whole thought. So I like the long form podcast because if you're telling a story about, you know, how you're building your YouTube, you don't want to just say, well, yeah, I've like built my YouTube. I've grown from here to here to here and it's been great. Like, okay, that's <laughs> awesome. Like, and then like expand, like what's your thought process? Okay. I did it this way. And then I went this way. And this is something I'm thinking of doing and it allows you to go layers deep and open up and expand on thoughts. And I think that is beneficial. That's why I like it long. I people say, told, people have said it should be shorter or you shouldn't talk as much. I'm like one, 
it's not an interview. Like it can be, mm-hmm. I can ask you questions, but it's not a podcast where I'm like the guys or gal is going to come on and talk 90% of the time. It's not that it's going to be like a 50, 50. I talk, they talk, maybe I talk 60%, maybe I talk 40% going back and forth. And it's just a conversation. And they're like, that's how I want it to roll. It's not an interview. I'm not asking Like, I know you, I'm not going to sit there and like turn this into like a job interview question. It's more <laughs> of like, what's your thoughts on this? What's your thoughts on that? Like shoot the shit. Like, but I think you just do it the way you want to do it. And you're going to have people that are going to like, not like it, but if it doesn't discourage you from doing what you want to do mm-hmm. or you, I mean, and again, you can probably take, you know, I think you're someone that might look at the negatives and then not necessarily get pissed at it. Cause it does like, it does hurt any negativity hurts. I mean, you're human, but if you can look at it and learn from it and say, okay, why are they being negative? Or is there a positive I can spin out of this? And I try to do that. Sometimes there's not, but sometimes you're like, hmm, maybe this could be, this could turn into an idea. Some of the comments I hit them with some real positive stuff and they don't say like, anything. Just like kill them with kindness on the yeah, way back. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, and I think you yeah, have. I don't to ever do blow up. I'm never like fuck you. Like I'm never like that guy. <laughs> not yeah, you anymore. Say, you say it before you like start typing and hit yeah, enter. I'm like I'm like mad, and then I'm just like you know what? This does not really mean that much to me in the grand scheme of life. So then I you'll just, never meet that person. Yeah, I'm just, nor do you care. Whatever. <laughs> and if they were to see you, they would never say it to your face in real yeah. life. So yeah. it's like whatever, dude. Um, no, I just think it, I, yeah, it's all good. Um, but I think the the. So like the, the video idea, you go in, you read the comments, positive, like for the most part, positive. Mm-hmm. Um, now you think like one a week is kind of like, one that, a that's my good. goal is one a week. One a week's good for a super part-time YouTuber like me. I mean, one a week is what I shoot for. The big thing that I found, and uh, like I said, I mean, it sounds stupid, but like with what I'm doing, the content around the weather makes sense because I'm not going to like sit in my home office and like talk finance like I could Mm -hmm. maybe one day I will but that's not really what my audience wants right now and for me like normally I would sit in like one of my trucks in the driver's seat and like do it because it's cold outside and you know I'm trying to you know be outside with them um so I think one a week is good if you're starting out and can come up with a good idea every week. Like I'm about 10 days since I did my last one right now. Cause I don't have a great idea that I can put good content behind and context. So I'm not going to make one just to make it. If that makes sense. Did you do a video? If you're thinking about the winter, maybe you've already done this one. Like take a set of the garbage, but just be like, Hey, it's cold. I live in upstate New York. This is what I wear. I mean, even down to like, these are the shoes. These are the boots. Like, See, that's perfect. Like I've done some winter ones on like unloading roll-offs in snow and picking up garbage carts on the side of the road in four feet of snow. Like I've done those, mm-hmm. but I, I like the, uh, I like the attire angle. I might do some tool reviews. There, yes. There's a lot. I, I'm being honest. I'm being lazy. I am like, yeah. I'm, I'm, like, well, I mean, sit- I don't know if you are, but I'm saying there's, there's always ideas is once you really like sit down and think about it. There is a hundred percent ideas. And I think a little bit of this, uh, I don't want to say it's a funk that I'm in on the YouTube thing is like, I really, I mean, I get a lot of random phone. I mean, a lot of random phone calls and emails for like, Hey, can you just talk to me for five minutes? And I don't answer my phone anymore. Like unless it's a five one eight number, I don't answer my phone. So if it doesn't go to voicemail and they don't listen to the voicemail, like whatever. So I think before I go any further with the YouTube, I really need to nail down this online site. So like it says, and I'm going to say it in the videos. The only way to contact me 
is through buying a call and then I will schedule it with you mm -hmm. because my phone rings at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock on a Sunday night. I just, I hate that. Mm -hmm. So not that my YouTube is like blowing up or anything like that, but it's at a level now where when I put something out, there, there is that same roughly thousand people that'll watch it religiously. And then maybe it'll spike a little, you know, so it's a pretty religious following of maybe a thousand of those almost 10,000. But even if you get like, if you're getting calls, if you're getting calls, every time a video comes out or you're getting almost daily or weekly, like that's a point where that's now something you have to focus on. It's like, okay, how do I fix that problem? Uh, that's, it, and that's, and I'm in those trenches, like, because mm -hmm. so a little fun fact, the last driver I had quit like two weeks ago. Um, I basically have been, I was like ready to go into spring with that driver and like pound YouTube. Well, now that I'm back in the truck, I'm like finding all the inefficiencies that like I did not know as much about because I hadn't been in the truck for like five months. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, okay, I got, I got to perfect this. And like, this makes money every single month. So this is going to get perfected. And like YouTube's like fun money. You know what I mean? Like get the bill money. So it's coming in. I don't want to say easy, but it's coming in more like steady, ste yeah. steady without problems. Mm -hmm. Like it was always coming in steady because it's a monthly service, but it was like, okay, I see this problem or this problem or like or a this complaint or something or, or a complaint from this guy or like this, this customer is really not fitting my criteria anymore. Or like, I'm not fitting the criteria of what that customer wants out of their service anymore. So like, I, I'm kind of like hoping that's perfected by the time all the snow melts because the roll off calls are coming in. So like YouTube's kind of getting pushed like for you, the same thing happened to you like a month ago. And like the YouTube's kind of just getting like back burner. So then like Jess and I wake up on a Saturday we're hanging out. We got the pellet stove on. We're watching Chicago Fire. And I'm just like, I do not need to, nor do I really want to do a YouTube video right now because yeah. I just, I don't have that, you know, payroll expense now. And I'm just like, so I don't know. I, I have been lazy. I'm going to get, I'm, I'm going to say that on the podcast, like this last like week. Keep I've it been lazy. That was a one hour and eight minutes in. We'll quit we'll, over your timestamp. <laughs> like, I'm just being lazy. The, uh, yeah, well, I think there's uh, portions of that. Like another idea you could think about as you're talking is just like, okay, like current update. I lost an employee. This is like my life now. And like, I think that would be something people would ask. I did do that video. Oh, did you? I was going to say it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Good or bad? Like, yeah, good. Good. Like yeah, feedback, no, a lot cool. of the people, a lot of the people were actually pretty good. I mean, and it wasn't a 10,000 viewer, you know, mm -hmm. it might've got 900 views because it wasn't very normal. Okay, like yeah. what I'm, yeah, yeah, I was pretty just like. You know, this is what it is now. But uh, but no, a lot of positivity. Um, you know, a lot of likes, a lot of good comments, a lot of people saying, you know, good for you, man. You know, like you know, small business. That's how I am too. And, and so it's cool. You know, the, the following. It's cool because like I have that group of fifty people that'll always kind of like like slash like comment slash. So like I have my little active. my little active group of people, and like. And I straight up asked them, I'm like, do you want me to make a portal where you, where you can buy direct access to me? And they're like, yes. So I know now it's just doing it and I have to do it. Um, I think, in the other, well, like you said, if you have like that steady stream of people that are constantly there seeing you again, we'll take like Gary V, the document don't create part. It's like you're documenting what you're doing. They're seeing like, okay, this guy's on YouTube, but he just had the same problem I did. But he mm -hmm. talked about it. So it's, it's like... You're very similar to a lot of these people that are watching you. It's just you're coming off as the – this is why I do it a lot. started doing video years ago. It's like you start coming across as am I you – know, do I have more knowledge than other agents out there? 
some yes, some no, some have been doing it longer than me. They might know a little bit more, but if they're not putting, like I'm putting myself out there so people can know and relate to me. And from that, it's been that momentum. More people have wanted to use me, I've gotten better. More people want to use me, I've gotten better. Yep. And you just keep pumping that. So like my last few years, like I've gotten really good. Like when mm-hmm. I first started, I was okay. I wasn't the best, but this has allowed me to connect with people. And then from there, those people have wanted to use me. And then I now they're clients. Now I, I get another home or another, I see another situation or I learn something like a different angle of something that I learned. And because real estate, you, something's different in every deal. Mm-hmm. So now I look at myself now versus five years ago completely different agent, completely better knowledge base, completely better understanding of the industry. But a lot of that I can, can attribute to those first early videos where like nobody was watching them. And mm-hmm. not to say a lot of people watch them, but it's not a lot of people watch them on YouTube, but a lot of people see it on my social media channels that I'm doing it. And that's all I need. Yep. Like you, you don't have to watch the entire four five, seven minute video. But um, yeah, I think YouTube is something that I, I think the other thing too that I don't why the reason I don't focus on it too much is because I'm also there's a reason I like kind of running my own show because I don't like to rely on anybody. I always find that like the the people that work for like the multi level marketing the, or the pyramid scheme kind of businesses or people that work for like a YouTube if if YouTube all of a sudden just said if the United States government bans YouTube in the United States yep what happens to Meet Kevin. What happens to Graham? What happens to these guys that they put all their chips in? So I'm not joking when I say like I outsold them last year, like in real estate, and they're on a platform they have no control over. They're obviously banking on it, I mean, and obviously they're 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 a different subcategory because they've they got investments and they're yeah. they're, they're fine. But, they're fine, yeah. But I'm saying these people that have pushed all their chips into that basket, where I think you and I, being like, okay, that's there. We can probably dive in at different points and be fine. Mm-hmm. If I do- dove in two years from now, I'll be fine. Like. My thing is, let's get this system really good, mm-hmm. knowing that I would argue that garbage is probably not going anywhere. You right. know, real estate's not going anywhere anytime soon, and YouTube will be there and or something else will be there. So it's like we have time to get into it, but we don't have time to, you know, like, we might waste our time if we're not building the strong foundation and you know, 100% chase a shiny object. Yeah. That, and that's all it is for me right now. And that's probably all it'll be for a while is, uh, it's good semi-passive reoccurring income. You know, it's fun to talk to these people and, 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 you know, make it a mutual, you know, benefit for everybody. But, but, uh, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not selling my garbage business and diving into YouTube anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, so what was the TV show you're watching? Chicago fire. Oh Yeah. Is that, yeah. is that a, what's on YouTube or is yeah. that, uh, not YouTube? It's actually, uh, I got um, a thing called Peacock TV now. Yes. I watch it because NBC. my motocross uh, races are on it. Every Saturday I watch the uh, motocross race and I can, wa- I always fall asleep before the end. So I watch it on Sunday morning. <laughs> um, but on Peacock, it has all the Chicago, it's got like Chicago PD, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire. And we're on Chicago Fire right now, which I, I, it's been out for like, five years this show but anyway it's like a nine season fire department show very good you know drama you know yeah. action thriller kind of thing and uh yeah i mean i haven't got into a series in a long time so i just watched again i had a lot of time in my hand so the other <laughs> the other day and uh the other two weeks and i ended up watching ozark oh i love that have you seen it i saw the watch the whole thing well i don't know if the new one's out but i watched the last few 
there's three seasons. What was the last thing you remember? What's the very last scene? Oh my! I don't care. Spoiler alert! It's been out. It's been out for a year. Oh my god! I, to be honest with you, it was. It's been a year since I've watched it. Did it happen to be someone getting shot? Yes, the suburban rolls up, and I don't remember who gets shot in Mexico. No. It might have been the end of a different season. All I remember is a gold suburban pulls up, and someone gets shot, and it's like they're leaving. I don't remember in Mexico. No, see, I'd have to re, I'd have to re go back at it. I mean, I I remember towards the end they they, they were washing all the money in the casino. Are they on the? Have they? They started. Have they? Do you remember them being on the casino boat? Yes. That's season three. Okay, then yes. So you've seen the whole thing? Yes. So last one. I remember the casino boat. Yes, I do. So they get out and the lady gets shot in the head and the blood splatters all over them? Okay, so whatever. So I watched Ozark. So like, I was told to watch it. This is my thing. I'm sitting there. I'm like, God, I got like days here. Like what? I'm so bored. And I was like, oh, no, the one thing that caught me about Ozark, I heard it was good. Number two was only three seasons and there was only 12 or 10 episodes per season. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's 30 episodes. I'm the kind of guy that watched Game of Thrones up to season seven. Got like, and it takes me a while to watch these things. Like I started watching Game of Thrones. I got to like the second episode of season seven and I just stopped watching it. <laughs> and then season eight came out, which was the last season. I was like, okay, I'll catch up to it. I still haven't. Yeah. And then I asked people, I'm like, how was the end of like the end of the series? Like, ah, it was like mixed emotions. So I'm like, honestly, I'm not wasting my time watching the last two seasons. I, I really don't. It was fun. It was good, but whatever. So Ozark started watching it. And I watched all three seasons in one, two, I think six days. I was watching about five episodes a day, which for me is a lot because like, there's not not much else to do. And it was tough. Like I, I'm one of those guys, I watch stuff and I Wikipedia things as I'm watching because I get bored. And next thing I know, I'm like in a huge rabbit hole of going down. So like I was, I had to constantly go back and watch like the last 10 minutes. I'm like, I just like, what? I don't even remember the last 10 minutes is like, and I have the... I watch it with the Wikipedia synopsis of the episode. So like I'll almost, I basically read the synopsis before the episode. So I kind of know what's coming Yeah. just so I don't like, so I kind of understand what's happening. And then I just watch it. Cause I'm like, I, I just, I'm, I'm very hard to just sit there and watch TV, but, um, Ozark's good, man. Yeah, it is. It was a great show. Um, like I said, I've watched a couple of series since of other shows. So I don't really remember that one as good as what I'm watching now. Um, but there's definitely some out there. Uh, what was the one? What was the last one that we watched? Netflix was good, but see that we, we watched a lot. See, Jess and I are real homebodies. So like we watch, it might only be for an hour a night, Mm -hmm. but we're religious about that hour, you know, so we can make, make time fast. Cause that could happen seven days a week. Yeah. You know, we're like, there's gotta be a series in about a a week or something or a season. Like we got to get. You know, we get, it's like one hour. That's just what we veg out. We watch the TV. Mm-hmm. She does her Pinterest thing. I usually watch the TV, <laughs> but I just like, I get really focused into a series. And, uh, and like I said, Chicago fire has kind of been nine seasons. I think we're only on season like three and a half. Oh, so wow. we got a lot to go for maybe four, but, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember, uh, gosh, what was that last one? Oh, you ever heard of dynasty? It's kind of like, uh, like frothy kind of weird like uh kind of richy rich Is on- but that was a dramatic decent one on netflix that was netflix yeah and then uh i don't know what what's the one 
Is it called Billions? Isn't that a... Yeah, look it up. I think it's called Billions. I think it's a series that... Um, and I can't remember. Is, there was one with The Rock, but I think The Rock was called Baller or something like that. And oh, he was like a sports agent. Are, I think, yes, that's Because really that's good. one I think I would like because like I love... I like grew up obviously like liking sports. I still like sports, but not... I used to watch a ton as a kid. But now as I've gotten into business, I'm like, dude, sports, like agency. I know it's like not... I get it. It's not like an easy business, but I think it would be fun because you're, yeah, you know, I think it would be kind of a cool, you know, you get the business, but it's geared around something you like. Like I would love to be like a, do some kind of like sports agency thing for like golfers. That'd be dope. But yes, I would say it's all American, all American, all American. It's about a football player. Which one's that? It's uh, about a young Is that high school. Well, that's the one you player. watched. That was that was the good one that I was going to tell you about. All that American. one's really okay. good. It's a, it's a sports one. Oh. But Ballers is good too. I've never seen them. I'm just saying these are the kind of things I think I would like. Yep. Um, All-American, my wife watched that actually. It was a football one you said, right? Yep. Shit's Creek. That's funny. She watched that one. I, she watched it a lot. She's with the kids. So like when the kids are napping and she's just like needs that middle of the day, just like zone out. That's what yep. she watches. She watched Shit's, Shit's Creek. I didn't watch that one. Shit's Creek was funny. Um, I, Outer Banks was pretty good. You know what's serious? Actually, Cobra, Cobra Kai, that karate show. Yeah, it sounds funny. That one was good, dude. <laughs> this is like, dude. I'm telling you, like, this is. We are very simple people, dude. So I watched Ozark, and then the last series I watched was The Office again. But take The Office. Office doesn't even count for me because I've seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. Going back, I watched. It was on Apple TV, and this was right at the start of uh, COVID, like yep. a, almost a year ago. It was called The Morning Show. And it had um, Steve Carell in it, it had Jennifer Aniston, and it had Reese Witherspoon. Okay. And basically, I attribute it to take NBC right about the time Matt Lauer got the axe for like whatever he did, like mm-hmm. s- sexual harassment or whatever. Yep. My, uh, Steve Carell, the guy who plays Michael Scott in The Office, Steve Carell basically plays, I think his name's Max Kessler, Max Kessler, I think it's the guy's name, plays pretty much a Matt Lauer character. Okay. And then same thing, like high morning news show, like gets the act, sexual harassment. He's fighting it. Like this wasn't blah, blah, blah. And they kind of go back to one event where it was like, they kind of did like a backstory on it. And then Jennifer Aniston is like the top girl, but then they bring on Reese Witherspoon. It's kind of like this lowly, like morning actress, kind of a little rough around the edges, and it, it that's like the storyline, and it's it's got some humorous parts. I would say the overall, it's more of a drama. There's some humorous parts. He had like a little fun ad libs here and there, but most of the parts a serious drama. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a pretty. It's one season, so I'm actually looking forward to the next season because there's not many that like. I watched Ozark, and the other thing is I liked about Ozark. There's only one more season left, so mm-hmm. I was like, "This is great." I watched three. And I only have to get through one season. It's not like this would be like a 10-season-long se- thing. Yep. Uh, it was kind of like when Breaking Bad came out. Like, it took yep. me forever to get through Breaking Bad. Sorry, it took me forever to get through season one through, like, two and a quarter of Breaking Bad. And, like, second half of season three, four, and five, we finished in, like, a couple of weeks. Because mm-hmm. it was just, like, so, like, did you watch that one? Some of it I fell off. I fell like, off. you get past, like, middle of season three, <clears throat> it just ramps up and you won't shut it off. Because it's just, like, every single episode, it's just pieces are starting to get connected. And you're like, holy crap, this is, like, going to turn into, like, this massive ending. Which it did. It was... I'll it was have to... Uh, maybe I'll have to ch- check that out again. Breaking Bad's good. Because, like, drug... 
It's like, I never watched Narcos, but it's kind of like Ozark. It's like the drug smuggling, like... Is Breaking Bad the one where the guy's got the map on his back, tattooed on his back? Like, he's the brother of the guy that's in jail, and they both go to the same jail? No. Oh, that's... No, that's uh, the guy with the bald head. He was in it. Um, it wasn't Breakout. Escape, Breakout. It was on Fox, wasn't it? Prison Break. Prison Break, that's yeah. That's what it was. Breakout, okay. Prison Break, yeah. Okay. No, that was... I never watched that one, but... Uh, this one has, um, oh my God, Walter White. Uh, who's the, uh, who's the guy that plays him? See, random call from Pennsylvania. I guarantee. Is that it's what a it YouTube is? Person, really? Oh, I guarantee it. No, you don't have to answer it in there. I was. I'm not gonna answer. Imagine that. that. <laughs> like, uh, like, hey. uh, just like doing the whole thing, recording. Be like, yeah. oh, by the way, you're on a podcast, right? Like, what? Uh, Brian Cranston. One with Brian Cranston. He's like, uh, remember Malcolm in the Middle? Mm-hmm. It was the dad and Malcolm in the middle. Okay. Okay. Bald head. He had like the goatee. Oh, yes, yes. I've Jesse seen... Pinkman. He's like the little like. Yes. Kind of cracked out little like. I remember seeing the uh, whatever you call it, like the cover for this. Breaking on... Bad. Yes. Has yes. like the periodic table. Yes. So yes. You, you, that's that's one. I don't watch again. I don't watch a lot of series, but that's the one I think that people should watch. Okay. Ozark is very good. The little, the little, my favorite character. Who's your favorite character in Ozark? If you can remember, by far I have a favorite character. I don't even remember most of their names, to be honest with you. Do you remember the little, the little like Ruth? Remember like the little crazy blonde haired girl? She was like just trashy. Oh, the real trashy one from the trailer park yeah. in the in the on the river. Yes, yeah, my favorite by far. Yeah, her dad was nuts. Yeah, yeah. She's just like. Doesn't Ruth. give a shit about anything. Yeah, she was pretty aggressive. I remember that. Yeah, her and... Uh, <laughs> By far my favorite character. That was funny. She's like a little spitfire. It's oh, like a little yeah. bulldog, but she doesn't look like a bulldog. She's Ruth. just like... Yep. Very yep, yep, edgy, yep. but I like it. That was good. The uh, No, it was fun. So you said how many of those per day you get a call? A oh, uh, not like hundreds a day. I mean, sometimes I'll get like two or three. Sometimes I get zero, but it's it's a reoccurring thing. It would probably average out to about one a day. Yeah, maybe. probably one a day. Or five to ten a week. Yeah, and then about an email a day is average. I'll usually let the emails build up to like five or six, and then I'll answer them all in the same window. So I'm not like copy paste, copy paste for the most part. What now? Yeah. What? Well, I mean, that's what you do. Most of them the same answers. It's yeah. just like you know, you might well, tell. Well, no, bit, I basically but. tell them straight up. Like, if we're gonna do this, like you're gonna need to buy the call at this point because I'm not gonna give. I'm giving enough away for free, yeah. kind of. Yeah. So well, when you get ten calls and everybody's like, "Oh, let me just do a free one," that's like. Mm-hmm. If I do it to you, I don't do it to you. And yep. um, now, when how, out of all those people, how many do you think turns into some type of consulting call? If you, well, if you get, say you get five to 10 a week. Well, yeah. I mean, I, these calls, if they don't leave a voicemail, I don't even check up. I don't call them back. So I don't know. So that I would say zero because I just don't. Um, but people that reach out that turn into consulting calls, if 10 reach out a week to That's actually bad, buy the call. That's not bad. Yeah. Have you found that playing around with pricing is the issue? Mm. Like, do you think if you were to... Now, the other one's time, too. So, yeah. you look at the time. Like, if you're like, honestly, two weeks, all I want to do. Yeah. Or it's like, hey, I'm going to drop the time from half hour down to 15 minutes, keep the same price, or I'm going to keep the call the same price, double the price. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I messed around with the pricing right in the beginning. I did a couple different ways. I did it like, uh, I don't know, 75 for 60 minutes or... 40 for 30 minutes or something like that 
And then I just said, now I just say all the calls are $79. They could last up to one hour. That way I'm not like caught on the phone. Like some of the calls last 30 minutes. Some last an hour and five minutes. I'm not going to like cut someone off in mid conversation and be like, Nope, time's up. You got to pay me again. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm by doing that, it kind of like gives them freedom and they're buying it and they're like, well, okay, good. Now I'm not like on a time crunch that much. You know, I'm not going to let a guy go two hours on me, but I'll be like, Hey guy, I got to wrap up. I got other things I got to do. But, um, most of the time they're really respectful of it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Have you ever had recurring people? Yeah. This guy that just texted me right here. He's done two with me in the last month and he, he texts me. I kind of give him a little better access because he's done a couple with me in the last month mm-hmm. and he's actually doing the business. Like he sends me pictures of what he's actually doing every day. Like it's getting where he's doing. So he's kind of accountabilities there. Yeah, there's accountabilities there. And then um, I think he would be my first actual long-term coachable prospect mm-hmm. uh, once he gets enough revenue coming in to, to need that. Yeah, because I think that's something that I could see in the future doing like I'd have to put it out there and then I'd have to legitimately think I'm like making a difference to whomever that might be. Yeah. Cause like, that's the thing. It's like my, my, am I bringing value to the person or am I, do I feel like I'm bringing value? They might say like, Oh, it's fine. I'd be like, honestly, I just know I'm not like, like I, I, I know myself, but I don't feel like I'm really giving it my full effort. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm like, it's fine. I'm like, I'm really just kind of going through the motions Unless I think it's going to affect the person, I kind of feel like I'm like a shifty sales, like a you know, like a, like a used car salesman, like kind of yep. like not giving them the full like benefit and kind of being like, oh, we're doing all this, and I'm really not, and that's that to me is kind of like I'm like a guilty kind of person, so mm-hmm. like I'd have to like go all in and like plan this out to do it. Yep. Um, like I think you have a good like start to finish. Like this is what we want to accomplish, and I'm going to give them this to this, and this is like the the go ahead. I can my my business, you know, being long term so i can give you strategies mm-hmm. but i mean i can point you in the right direction you know and that's about it that's what i've learned and that's another reason why i want to just like have the calls be on like a like they buy it basis because basically if they are serious most of the things i talk about are repetitive mm-hmm. they just need to i mean i'm not going to start the business for you for 79 dollars, and they know that so i don't feel like i'm snake oiling them yeah at all i mean i'm giving you exactly what I did. And, and the other thing I'm doing is I'm listening. The nice thing about like the YouTube, I give it to them for free, but when they get the access and they buy the access, I'm listening to their life story. And then I'm putting my spin on like, okay, so you're in debt. You make, you know, a few grand a year at a part-time gig, but you're going to be graduating college. And then you've got the guy that's like retired. That's got a lot of money that just kind of wants to run his own business. So it's like, that's where the calls can kind of go down different rabbit holes. But for the most part, what I'm giving is the same. It's just what they want to talk to well, me about. Is they, different. they, they, they put out to you the, um, like remember college, like the case study, mm-hmm. like you always do business. Like here's the case study. Like here's all the facts. And then you knowing your knowledge of the subject or knowing like where to, how to direct it, you're problem solving it for them yep. based on your background. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. That, I mean, that's consultative. That's consult, consulting. I mean, that's, you know, you, you take your knowledge that they don't have and or a lot of times you just want a second opinion. Yep. Like I find we do, we kind of do that when we meet. Like we just all bounce ideas off of each other and it's just like, what would you do in this scenario? And like, okay, there's your perspective, your perspective, your perspective. I internalize it and then I try to, does it change my perspective? Does it give me another thought? Does it, you know, does it open another door? 
I mean, we've had times too where I think we've talked and we're like, honestly, let's scrap that and go this route. Yep. Like I've seen ideas in, in the group, like they're completely different than I think what the what you intended. Not that mm-hmm. they're bad. It's just you come in one way and you're like, you know what? Okay, actually, screw that. I'm going this route. And there's sometimes we'll say something and we might disagree. I might say, I think you should do this. And you're like, no, I'd rather do that. I'm like, hey, that's fine. Like you got to, you got to, you know, if you're running a business, you have to have the wherewithal within your own company to say, I'm going to go this route or I'm going to do this way. Or at the end of the day, you have all, if you're planning out and you have a vision for stuff, even if we might know it, we don't really know all the building blocks or how you fully intend to get there. Yep. A lot of stuff is hard to articulate. Yes. Because I have a lot of it internally. I know what I want to do. And I just have that gut feeling of like, it's not ready yet. Right. You you said that in the the morning group when someone was giving you shit about like, oh yes, not asking for business and and I I got both perspectives, but I get what you're saying. Like, I if somebody if I have too much business, I then will give it to an agent that doesn't have the business that has the time. You're like, dude, I have like if it comes to me and I say yes, and all of a sudden my cup overflows, and that just like floods everything then i'm in a problem like yep i i instead of wanting to build up the water and overflowing i want to build up my cup and then put more people in yeah and i was like i was listening to it and i'm and i got both i got both sides but i don't think people understood you were saying no 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 i'm in that valley i'm taking that step back to get my business going two three four steps forward Yes. And I just, I just need this. Yes. I just need that six months to let me do that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. And that's a hundred percent. And the other thing is my cup could stay the same size, but if that's a cup full of quarters or a mm-hmm. cup full of dollars, yeah, less dollars are going to fit in there than quarters. But if they're all hundred dollar bills, they're yeah. going to be worth a lot more than the quarters in the same size cup. And that's where I'm looking to do now is I don't really know if my cup needs to get any bigger. I just need to make the contents of it richer. If yeah. that makes sense. And we yes. talked about like, like saturating the run where you're not driving yes. any more miles. You just might stop a little more often. hundred percent. And that's where, you know, the critical thinking of things that you and Adam and, and Jared and I get into are, are a little above the normal conversation of, yeah, obviously like I want more business. That means more money. More business means more money. Well, it might mean more revenue, but doesn't mean more actual net. profit net. Yeah. I'm looking more at the net. I don't really care as much about the top line. So net and time too. net and time. Yeah. yeah. Cause you got two resources and one, like, again, time is most finite. Like you can't change it. So I get it. Like if it's like, well, I'm going to add 20%, but it's going to make my life 30% worse mm-hmm. or, or 10% better for 20%. Like I no, it's not the, the payout's not there. Yeah. And I think you get, you get to that point too, where if that's the strategy, that's what makes it harder, but it's more complex. It doesn't make it, it doesn't make you, and this is the thing I'm always struggling in my head. It's like, I had this conversation with myself. Like I talk a lot to myself, as you, I'm sure you can imagine. But like I do the same. Yeah, it's like I think I'm just always in my head. It's like mm-hmm. I remember sitting. I think this was yesterday or two days ago, and I just like, man, I just I'm like in a rut. I'm not like a lot of stuff is like, you know, you kind of get like thrown de- like a hand, and like my like 2020 car deck hand was like everybody else in 2020. It was just weird, and then like couple weeks or a week ago like i had spent two weeks quarantine like that's not the the hand i want because you can't really do much and it's like crap so then it like builds we had a lot of momentum and it just like dropped down to today was the first first day that we like met as a group in two over two weeks which Mm -hmm. we were doing consistently and it's like like it just like sucked but then i was like you know what it's not a big deal like it feels like a big deal now 
a month from now it won't be a big deal. Yep. So I'm like, just keep plugging, just keep plugging. Mm-hmm. Like don't, you know, don't don't dwell on negative thoughts because I think it's natural for people that want to achieve a lot to dwell on negative thoughts because we're trying to be efficient. We're trying to squash out any inefficiencies or weakness in our game. And because of that, sometimes we spend a disproportionate amount of time focusing on that bat, like the negativity when it's hard for us to focus on the positivity, even though it's there. Mm -hmm. And I would say we're both optimistic people, but it's, I think when you're trying to always get better, the negative thoughts creep up Mm -hmm. and overtake and consume us more. Yes. No, I hundred percent agree. I mean, you're, you're, <clears throat> I always feel you're only good as your last at bat, right? Yeah. So you could have crushed it today. Absolutely destroyed it. You could have crushed it for the last four. Then tomorrow sucks. And then the day after tomorrow, you're like, oh, yesterday, you know? So it doesn't really, m- that's where I guess you're, you're always in a battle with yourself. If you're a high achiever. And that could be in a high achiever as an athlete that does it for free. Mm-hmm. That's in college that just wants to be the best. Mm-hmm. That could be a high school kid playing the piano. It could be you or I in business wanting to, I mean, the sad thing about business I feel, and, and you're going to agree, I believe is, and, and Gary V talks about it a lot. And so do other people is it's easy to fake entrepreneurship. And it's also easy to go down the rabbit hole of money is happiness mm-hmm. when it's really not. And that goes back to what we talked about before is maybe in my business life today, I took a step backwards and got punched in the face. But like personally, when I got home, like my wife and I laughed about something that we hadn't talked about in a while and, and our dog mm-hmm. behaved really well. So that balance is super important, you know? And I look at things like that now where like six months ago, eight months ago, I never would have looked at life that way. Mm-hmm. Would have been like, Bad business day, bad day. I'm going to go home. I'm just going to, you know, sulk about it, complain about it. Now it's like business is done for the day. You're closed. Let's go home and and see how the night can go. And then in the morning when I go to the gym, okay, how's the gym going to go? Like I've had mornings in the gym where I suck. And I'm like, dude, you suck. That workout was terrible. You Mm -hmm. didn't hit your marks. Get in the truck. And I'm like, wow, I'm six minutes ahead on the route today. Boom. I'm in the next step of the day. Mm Mm-hmm. Got done the route. I'm here now. Now we're talking. I'm going to, you know, and, and I feel like if you can structure your days like that, regardless if you got a huge company or a one person operation, you're going to find that balance. So speaking to what you just said, the yesterday, a client texted me and said, I checked in with them and they didn't get back to me for a couple of days. And finally just out of blue, like responded to my text and like, Oh, sorry, sorry. We made an offer on a house. We didn't call you. We went directly through the listing agent for, you know, and they gave me some excuse, whatever. And it was kind of one where, again, I nobody owes me anything. Like, that's fine. Like, you did it. It, it sucks because we've put time and effort and we've showed you multiple homes. And, um, But, like, it sucks for, like, a split second. And it, and it stings. Uh, let's, let's just say for a split second. It stings for, like, half hour maybe. Like, mm-hmm. you kind of think about it. And it was I read it, like, minutes before I went and put my kid down for a nap. And... Like me and my son, when I put him down, he's three. We have a routine before he goes to bed or before he takes a nap or goes to bed. It's like read a book. We, then we lay on the ground and then he does this funny, like we have this whole thing. And like I went in and we did the whole thing and he was happy. He was giggling. He was doing stuff. And I remember sitting there and because it, it's hard for me to like compartmentalize everything. I remember sitting there and like 
you know what? Screw it. Like, screw that, like, whatever just happened. Because I said, I'm here. I'm, yep. He's laughing. He's having a good time. He's happy. And at the end of the day, like, that's really all I care about. He doesn't know anything. He's like, dude, we're just, like, doing our thing. Yep. So, like, I, I had a moment yesterday where I, like, I, I did focus back on him. Can you, is you, can you do that? Or is that, when you talk about, like, okay, bad day at the gym, but now I have a good route. Yep. Or route, now I can go home. Like, you can shut. I'm learning. I, I'm, I'm consciously trying now i wasn't before Mm -hmm. and it was leading to a a lot more stress Mm -hmm. Uh, again like you will want to be better than yesterday like i said no matter what you're doing but if you compartmentalize your day into those blocks if you will like what I'm thinking about doing at the gym tomorrow, what I think in my brain is going to physically be capable of my body to do tomorrow has nothing to do with the roll-offs that need to be dumped tomorrow or the customers that have to be picked up or, you know, so like I really break it down and like when I'm in it, I'm in it. And then when I'm out, I'm completely different. I'm in a different zone. And it's kind of just like wearing the hats of your life though. You're not wearing the hats of just your business. Like it's your life. And that's something where the better I get at that, the, the happier I am every day. That, yeah. And that's something I've, I try to do with weekends is like, I try to get home, do nothing, spend time with the kids. The, the issue with that is I have a business that I don't have operating hours mm-hmm. because like Saturday, two people looked at homes and I didn't show the homes. I had agents cover for me because, again, my weekends, it's like it's tough for me to get out because I have the kids. So I'm like, hey, cover for me. We have an agreement kind of worked out. Um, but I follow up with all the clients. Like, how the showing go? I couldn't, like, physically take the time to go. But then yep. I kind of, like, mission control for my house. They both want to make offers. Awesome. Okay, but now my next hour, hour and a half is, like, you know, and I'm doing it while the kids are napping. But I'm, like, calling people, making offers. The next thing you know, their two-hour nap is just me working for two hours. Mm-hmm. So it's like – I. I try to break stuff down, but a lot of my business because like I can't, I don't really have a shut off point. It's not like, okay, we're end of business day. There's like real estate, there's no such thing as end of business. Right. End of business might mean like eight, nine o'clock when it's kind of getting to the point where it might not be socially acceptable to call people on the phone at nine o'clock yes. at night, night unless it's agreed upon. Because I've had plenty of conversations between eight and 11 at night where it's like, hey, you know, we'll be ready after nine o'clock. And I'm like, well, I'm putting my kids down at nine. I'm cleaning stuff up. I'll call you at like nine 30, 10 o'clock and you do business nine 30, 10 o'clock. So the next morning they go to work and yep. you know, so it's like, I think that's the struggle between the two is that you try, but you go back and forth and trying to compartmentalize everything. I'm getting better, but a lot of that comes with the leverage aspect of it. I talked mm-hmm. about earlier. It's like, if I can get most like Nick can do most of my stuff here, before I have to leave, like even the podcast, I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, I have to just let her schedule the podcast. Cause otherwise it's just like me just texting or going my schedule. Or it's, it's the same thing as setting up a showing. Like, I'm just like, Hey, do you want to get on the podcast? Perfect. I'm like, Nick schedule Heath or schedule somebody. Yep. Just figure out when I have time and just, you know, kind of when I like to have them, just dump them in. Cause I used to do the podcast in the evening. Cause that's the only time I could, mm-hmm. but that took away now from family time. So now yeah. this is probably one of the latest, like, I mean, was it four 30? This is going to be one of the later podcasts that I do because my thing is I really try to get home by like six, seven o'clock the latest, but really try to get home by like between five thirty and six. Yep. And it usually ends up being about six o'clock because then I want, you know, that two and a half hours of kid family time before they go to bed. And then I spend 
stay up and spend time with, with Gina. But it's, I have to like consciously make an effort to like, okay, stop working, schedule stuff out for tomorrow mm-hmm. and just leave. And it's a struggle. I'm getting better at it, but it's a struggle. Like I have to work at it. Like that's one of the hardest things in my business I have to really focus on. Mm-hmm. That's something that I think is, is business to business, person to person. You know, you're, it is what it is. It's the nature of the beast. You know, you know, you, you joke, Hey, we're going to go have, you know, uh, skiing or, um, whatever you do on a, on a Wednesday morning, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to hit it from eight thirty till noon. And then we're going to come to the office. Like I physically do not have that capability, mm-hmm. but I do have the capability to park my truck on Friday and not drive it again until Sunday. And I can just say that and no one's going to be upset because I'm closed, mm-hmm. you know, but with residential trash, unless I pay somebody else to like you are like do that route. And what am I going to just randomly be like, Hey guy, I'm going to hire you for one day and then fire you. Like, no, like that person is going to do that route and that's going to be on payroll for ever, basically, mm-hmm. unless I do it. So I'm in the same boat, but just in a different like we- thing. Like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but like Saturday afternoon, my business hours are, I'm open from eight to noon. I don't truck eight to noon, but I take customer phone calls. I'll do emails. I do everything through my phone anyway. Mm-hmm. 5.30 at night, Jess and I are getting ready to have dinner. We just got back from uh, running errands and stuff. Somebody calls looking to pay their bill when they have uh, automated email get sent to them every month and they've been paying it that way forever. Why are they calling me right now to pay it? So um, do you answer that call? Of course. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, b- because I have their contact information in my phone. And oh, so when I like, see, hey, Galen, when it, I see yeah. it's a customer and they are calling me, I, unless it's really late at night and I'm about to go to bed, I will answer my customers, you know, phone calls yeah. <laughs> naturally. Cause that's just what I got to do. But, uh, but again, random, you know, it says I'm closed at noon, never really get called from customers on Saturdays. Why at five 30, did you think to call the garbage guy to pay? Bill, I don't know, just weird, but yeah, but you, but you gotta do it. And at the time I was kind of like to Jess, I was like, this is not the way I want customers. I mean, it sounds really bad. Like I don't want customers that can't fit into the criteria of the business model Mm -hmm. because I like the hands-offness of the business model. Like I know you, like I have your information now on file. I know you still seem to pay your bill before I can even go in and hit your card, but you do it. Can I delete that now? I I am going to do it for you, but I went in to do it and you'd already done it. I did it on like the third. Because I got an email from it. You you will, because that's going to be a receipt. It's going to turn to zeros when I hit it. So even if you send me that so yes. if you send that to me and it says pay this bill, because it, it came this past month. It's going to say pay this bill. And then if you give me till like the third or fourth of the month, you'll see, you'll go back in and refresh it. It'll say zero. Oh. Yes. So anytime the I reason, get something that's your from receipt, you, I basically. can just delete that email yes. or re- put it in receipt thing. Yeah. Perfect. Because it happened. I was like, I got to tell, I thought I gave him my card. So you I'm did. like, oh, I'll just check with him. And, mm-hmm. and I actually meant to, I'm glad you just mentioned that. I'm like, I meant to ask you about it. Yeah. But anyways, but yeah. the way that works, I either want to email you. I want you to be on auto bill where you auto send a check or I bill your card. Mm-hmm. I don't take cards over the phone. I just don't do that. Most too much. Yeah. So it's annoying and it's a small amount of money monthly and I just don't want to do that. So that's where I told Jess, I'm like, should I, should I say something? But then I just, you know, I just, whatever, I put it under the rug and have you asked people like, have you sent something out to everybody? I'm like if you would like to opt into automatic yes. payment. Okay. I was going to say, cause that like to me, 
If I was going to say 80% of my, 90% of my business is like that. Now. Auto pay now? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Me- meaning like they're not physically going in and punching in what I was doing before. Uh, no, they are because they want to do that or I'm billing their card. I've got like maybe 30 people's cards on file like yours that want me to have it. The other people have their card saved, but they, they, they pay the day it co- like you did. Like they get the email. And they want to physically go in and put it in. They pay the day it comes in. Yeah. I always look at that. That's one extra step for me. Like mm-hmm. I'll just automate it. Yep. If so I do that with majority of my stuff is like auto pay minus like credit cards each month. Cause like it fluctuates. Sure. So like I don't, I saw it today. I was actually paying it. It was like auto pay. And I'm like, well, how do I know if it's auto pay? Does it like you automatically mm-hmm. put pay the balance? I just have it on my phone, yep. you know, whatever the week of that it's due on a Monday or whatever. I just go in and I just go through all whatever three cards we have and go boom, 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 and then pay it. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like I, writing checks is the thing that pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to write like four checks, I think last Friday. It took me almost an hour because it was writing a check. It was writing, then it was writing the receipt slip to make Mm -hmm. sure I had it like on file. Then it was taking the check off. Then it was putting it in the envelope. Then it was like writing. I didn't actually, Nick actually did sent all the envelopes out, Mm -hmm. but I still had to just like, I got to the point where all I had to do was just like write who it was made out to. And a couple of them, I had to like write a letter or write a card in it. So it was like, Besides, I mean, a couple of them were donations. So, like, I wrote the card letter. But, like, some of them was just bill pay. I'm like, why am I – why do you still only accept checks? Like, mm-hmm. can I just Venmo you? I, I Venmo know. everybody because I just don't like dealing with cash. But whatever. That's another thing. But um, <laughs> what what time is it? It's 4.30 right now. Oh, what? Well, not bad. that's not bad. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, we were actually I, – I kept thinking we were going late. And I was like, not that it really matters. But, I don't know, maybe – you got to get home. I got to get home too this way. We just talked about like stopping and going, so yeah. this is what this is going to be the thing. But for sure, um, Heath, if anybody needs to find you, how would you uh, want to reach out? Yeah, definitely. So uh, LC Sanitation at Gmail for business stuff. Uh, YouTube is Lake Champlain Sanitation and Lake Champlain Sanitation on Facebook and Instagram. Personal Instagram is just Heath underscore Andre zero three. That is all. YouTube. YouTube is Lake Champlain Sanitation. As Did well. you already say that? You yes. probably just, yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's it. Um, again, I'm glad we finally got to do the, the, the second podcast. So we actually hit record this time. But uh, again, that is episode 119 of the Galen Trombley Show with Heath Andre. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.